0: hey welcome back to the incidental dog movie podcast uh this week we're talking about resident evil afterlife 3d (laughs) (laughs) which makes awesome or awesomer Awesomer, or awesomer It's, it's like an extra dimension of domination what? this is the uh, fourth movie in the series and I was actually happy they didn't call it in 4D so that would have been cheesy um, sorry uh, <laughs> Mila Jovovich and Ali Larder and uh Jovovich Yo- how do you say her name? Jovovich 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 I'm sorry Mila I'm so sorry would you watch this eventually, <laughs> Google you yourself um and uh, Sam, is it Michael? What's his name? The guy who plays Chris Redfield.
1: Oh, it's um. Break. It, mm.
0: Michael something. Michael something. Scott, no. Sarah? <laughs> he has a name. <laughs> if he rolled More? down, we might see
1: him. Yeah, okay. um,
0: but it's directed by Paul W.S. Anderson. And, uh, this movie picks up after Resident Evil. Oh. Mick... <laughs> Wentworth Miller. Wentworth Miller! you <laughs> <He> were <was> so <laughs> far off! She's
1: so threw me off with that
2: Michael thing. Yeah. <laughs>
0: because yeah. Michael's, oh, Michael's yeah. the name of his character in Prison Break. Okay, okay. alright, so. No. It stars Milo Jojovic, Ali Larder, okay. and <laughs> Miller. A bunch of other
1: people that you can't pronounce.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, alright, so. It's wow. the fourth movie in the Resident Evil franchise. Picks up after Resident Evil Afterlife. Or, extinction. Um, or ex- extinction. This is afterlife. And Alice is uh, she is going to uh, Arcadia in Alaska, to uh, which supposedly is where the survivors are. And she gets there and finds that there are, oh, there are no survivors. Um, and previous to this, she has shot up for some. I still don't understand why she has gone to <laughs> Tokyo and shot up uh, an umbrella headquarters and possibly killed Albert Wesker who is the head of Umbrella, which is, he's a uh, very evil, evil, evil man in the video games, and uh, pretty evil in this, but. So we're going to go for a, uh, and just, a, we're going to talk about a, a general review, and then we're going to talk about this movie as far as 3D is concerned, because it's really important for 3D, actually. Uh, we're going to talk about it as far as uh, zombie movies, and then we're going to talk about a good B-movies. Is this a good B-movie? What makes a good B-movie? So, um, let's start off with just our basic review. Um, and uh, I'm going to go to Tom. I'm going to go to Tom. Tom, how did you feel about this movie? What did you think about Resident Evil Afterlife?
1: Uh, <clears throat> the, the biggest thing I noticed about it uh, actually really like the 3D, so um, I guess I'll just say. Uh, the, the parts I, where I enjoyed the 3D... Were parts that involved no special effects, mm-hmm. uh, no action, just kind of serene shots, um, because the depth of field was really good. It was yeah, really, I completely agree. Really looked good. Yeah. Really looked good. Uh, when there was just chaos happening, I was totally not engaged in the movie at all. Um, so I actually felt like this director, Paul W. Sanderson, has no idea what the difference is between good <laughs> three D and bad <laughs> <laughs> three D. You're gonna say movement and stillness. He <laughs> can't
3: tell. He lives his life in flux. He lives <laughs> in four <40. laughs>
0: D. It, it, it's as if
1: it's as if he got some really beautiful shots mm-hmm. in spite of himself.
0: Yeah, I, th- I told I told uh, Spencer and um, my my brother Spencer and Steve after we got out of the movie that Paul W S Anderson may have made a significant movie. Without knowing it, <laughs> like he may have just made an important movie, like without trying. Because that's yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> where else am I going to
1: see outside of an IMAX theater, which they're, you know, they're rare. There's mm-hmm. none in this area. If you got to go an hour out of your way, yeah. am I going to see shots of the Alaskan wilderness in three D? Three D. Well, with techno.
3: Blaring, techno That's actually the official music of Alaska. <laughs> <laughs> well, how,
0: how, do, how do you feel about this, Steve? How
3: do you... I went into this knowing that it was, or expecting it to be bad.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um, and it was. It was very, very bad. Um, almost to the point where I couldn't enjoy even its badness. Um, <laughs> however, like Tom said, there are some scenes that are amazing. That f- opening scene is incredible. And I actually, like, my hopes...
1: With I the emo like, zombie?
3: With the emo zombie. The I, I zombie? thought it was just the
1: way it was shot
3: and um, with the rain coming down. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a great scene as far as looking at it. Yeah.
0: And it it, it yeah. showed what 3D. It shows sort of a yeah. depth with the 3D. So.
3: And I thought, okay. oh, wow, this might actually be decent. And then there was a... Bizarre
1: multi-like
3: robot. I robots? did not understand
0: that. Was that or something, something from Extinction where there was like hundreds of Alice? Well, there's the lots of the oh, I, that oh. was that was
1: set up at the end of Extinction, yeah. was it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She she uh she finds all the clones they made of her oh, facility okay. and she releases them. Mm-hmm. And then basically it ends with her talking to headquarters in Tokyo, saying, "I'm coming after you and I'm bringing some friends." Well, see, I don't remember that. So I was very confused. That's I was confused, it. yeah. Extinction was my least favorite of the first three. Mm-hmm. Um, but it had some really cool parts, and the way they ended it was pretty interesting, the way they set it up for this movie. I just felt like the payoff was not what it could have been.
3: Well, I even think that the scene when she first lands in Alaska is interesting. Because, you know, she's going to expe- expecting something, and Nothing shows up, or nothing is there, and there was this like real sense of mystery, and then it just kind of devolves after that, and it sort of becomes the worst kind of video game movie, where it's paying lip service to the game, but it's not sure whether it wants to be its own story or follow the game, and it's just sort of trying to walk that line very in a very clumsy way. It throws in characters just because they're in the game, and not because they're needed in Intral any way.
1: The, uh, like that yeah. That yeah. Giant hooded he's very important to
0: the game. Like that giant, hooded
1: axe zombie that shows up yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. And I don't know dark. why, he's in
0: Los Angeles. He's never explained. He's very important to the game, though. <laughs> he's just like this
2: big giant zombie yeah. guy. Like, where does he come from? And, and from why is he there? Yeah. Uh, why is he come uh, after? Uh, yeah.
0: He's one of the creatures within the dimension, I don't know why you don't know that. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, well, but like, and Chris had to fight him. It's really important. Yeah. Well,
2: and, like, where does he get this giant axe hammer thing from? Okay, like, he just got it's, it. Yeah.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but it was, like, custom made.
0: Yeah, yeah like at the zombie Down shop. Down at the zombie <laughs> shop, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I like one of those. i <laughs> I don't remember where he got
1: it. Here's the thing, though. In, in previous movies, when when a giant, like, mutant like that showed up, and it, was, it had something to do with the
0: plot. There was a reason for
1: it. And this he just comes out of nowhere and starts banging on the gate like
3: that, that trick was about
0: that, that was lip service yeah, to the,
1: there's, the game
3: exactly
0: and there so
3: and He's this he was because the previous movie just sort of like, yeah, there's a game, we're gonna ignore that um we'll take what we need, but that's it whereas this one was like, okay well, maybe we should actually pretend we care about the, the game franchise, but it did it so clumsily that
1: in doing that it had it, it had an even less, an even weaker plot than the yeah. other three days. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it was awful. Um,
0: Alvin, we yeah. get to hear from you. How, how, how did you feel about this? These two are saying yeah, really downright interesting awful because terrible.
2: Because like, I'm coming into this without having very much of the Resident Evil movie background at all. Mm-hmm. I haven't watched the other three or four or five or... How many garbage movies to wear? <laughs> All right, three, right? And so I haven't seen that, so no expectations other than what we discussed last week, that mm-hmm. it's going to be terrible and we're going to enjoy ripping it, right? <coughs> um, I have played the original Resident Evil game, and that was a long, long time ago, and yeah. I really did enjoy that, but never played any of the other games that followed it. So I'm going into this um, expecting a terrible movie and like wanting to laugh at it,
0: and I did. I laughed at
2: it, um, but at the same time, I actually had a really good time watching this movie, um, as a person who did not have any of the background going into this, I felt that they told the story well enough that I could follow along. Mm-hmm. I didn't, I didn't feel lost whatsoever. It was good eye candy, and, um, and it was, it was a good popcorn movie. Just something that I could just sit back, shut off my brain, and just enjoy it for whatever it was. Now,
3: did you enjoy it because of the cracks you could make during, while watching it?
2: I mean... I mean, was that part of the enjoyment? I mean, that enjoyment? was definitely part of the enjoyment that I could snicker and laugh every once in a while. But, like, even without that, I would have had a good time just because it was a decent, I, I thought, like a decent popcorn movie. Like, I just go in there and I show off my brain. Like, I... It was hard because I'm sitting here watching it and I'm trying to pick apart all these things that I can make <laughs> jokes about and just all the things that they could have done better as characters and stupid plot holes and whatever. And, like... By the time like I got to the part where she leaps off the roof and and uh, <laughs> and she's got this cable and she lands like right, the in cable the that remains attached even though she just even though the, the roof, roof is just up, up. Yeah. yeah. At that point, I was like, you know, like you should have died. Best so so many <laughs> zombies <laughs> ways. down. Yeah, all these zombies flying on afterwards. Like I was like, all right, I can't even bother to try to pretend that there was any reality yeah. left mm-hmm. at all. Like I, I just, kept having
3: to remind myself, okay don't take this too seriously. Because yeah. I was, I mean, immediately <laughs> I was like, where is she getting gas for that plane? And I was like, okay, that's not the point. Yeah. And yeah. throughout the movie, yeah. I kept having to remind myself.
2: Exactly. And, you know, once I got to the point where I said, right after that scene, I said, okay, just stop picking apart. They don't have any logic, you know, yeah. at all whatsoever, so just sit back and watch it for whatever it was. Yeah. And it was fun. It was fun bit, after
1: that. It broke its own logic, though, and that's why I always had a problem with.
2: Yeah, but you can't hold it's it when to it, It's that when kind of a movie standard. sets up you, a logic. When you system. know that it's gonna suck, I don't know if you can hold it to a standard. <laughs> it's like it's like yeah. watching a child play, like with its sound. <laughs> like you can't you can't you can't like expect it to like, You can a child. hold it to a standard. No, I can't. No, can. yeah. can.
3: So you're okay. saying Paul Anderson's
0: yeah. like a child playing when he makes a movie <laughs> in a box <sandbox? laughs> exactly. I that's read an interview with them where they asked him why did you come back to Resident Evil yeah. and he said, because I wanted to have fun. They're fun to make. I think that Paul W.S. Anderson makes movies more to have fun. Yeah. He actually has a great job. He doesn't have to make amazing movies. In fact, he can make crappy movies. But he probably has a good time making them. Yeah. and
2: Makes millions of dollars. Makes
0: millions of dollars. And he doesn't have to try that hard. And he accidentally makes a movie that's really important to 3D. What do you think? (laughs) Um, You haven't heard from you yet. yeah, Yeah. I think I was kind of excited because I really wanted to see Wesker. I really wanted to see Albert Wesker. I, I know we've talked about this, and I thought that the actor who played Wesker was horrible. Thank you. I thought he was horrible as Wesker. I thought he didn't. Wesker is a really complicated character. Seems like he
3: was channeling Mr. Smith. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Right? That's
0: he what was, I said. He was awful. He felt. Uh, I mean, Wesker is this character who is. He's somewhat power hungry. He has these ties to Umbrella. Um, he's trying to make these really strange, in, interesting moves. Um, he's doing despicable things. he still cares for the people that he kills, but he realizes that he has to quickly move on to keep himself alive. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, once he becomes infected, he's starting to become monstrous and he's fighting off the mm-hmm. fact that he's becoming monstrous. Mm-hmm. Um, there's very little of that in there. Yeah. he kind of he takes on the T virus and he I mean certainly he enjoys it, but there's not enough of a buildup. Mm-hmm. you know, and I just thought that he didn't Wesker is too complex of a character for this guy to actually pull off, or for them to even pull off in one movie. Mm. Um, they gave us the cool glasses, and he throws the glasses, and you see Chris and Claire Redfield in them. And I thought that in-fight scene between Wesker and Claire and Chris Redfield was a good tribute to the game. Uh, his, his ability to move might seem, for people who haven't played the games, very Matrix, like taking off of matrix and perhaps it is, but that's how Wesker moves around in the game. He zips around and moves fast and does matrixy things, and so that was loyal.
1: Yeah, but that's was one of the problems I had with it. Was nothing set it up. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't he move that
0: way in the plane? No, he
2: said that he, he was faster and stronger because of the T-Virus, and he also yeah. said that he, he was a better version of Alice. So but that, he moves that that's way at the move end. Move. He yeah.
3: doesn't move that way in the airplane. When they're
2: fighting, yeah, he doesn't move at that the, way the very beginning. Yeah, well, he didn't need to. He was dodging <laughs> bullets in the beginning. He just wanted to beat the crap out of her, and that was fine. So I don't know. I don't. I didn't have any problems with that. Like, mm-hmm. like I, when you started moving like that, it was not unexpected. Well, I thought about.
1: anytime he was on screen, <clears throat> those were the weakest part of the movie. <clears throat> parts of the movie. Yeah, which yeah. is because he was so boring to watch, yeah. mm-hmm. and and those fights I thought were awful. Yeah, just not done
0: well at all. Well, here's here's a fight scene that I thought was really good. It can help us transition to 3D. Okay. So my my favorite. We're gonna go into 3D. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your glasses. You start the camera now. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that this movie, you you mentioned just the straight the, the regular shots of mm-hmm. just the 3D was the best in this movie when it was like that. Just the regular shots because you really. But I thought that it was also the best 3D fight scene was honestly in the um, in the shower room. Me. I thought that was the best fight scene in the movie. I kind of enjoyed that because the 3D, most of that was physical effects.
1: With the Axe Man? With the Axe
0: Man. Yeah. yeah. Axe Man's re- ridiculous. Where did he come from? But the water in 3D. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um,
3: that was actually the best part of the 3D is the, yeah. water we'll get, the water effects, all the different water effects.
0: Because it really shows you this crazy depth with the water, and each drip looked a little bit farther, a little bit off. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I thought that fight scene was good because most of it was physical. Most of his physical effects. When his head blows up, that looked like makeup. I'm pretty sure that that was makeup. That they had a dummy fall down and they blew it up. Because it just, it looked, it looked cool. And at that moment, I thought, this makes me really happy. Because this shows you that a 3D movie using physical effects can look awesome. Because something that people don't realize is this is the first movie since Avatar to use Cameron Pace technology. And it's the first movie to do it in... Live action and on, like um, on location. Yeah. Avatar was all in studio and was all most yeah, of it it's in done. front of green screen. Mm-hmm. This is the first film to do this on places like Alaska. Um, you know, to actually shoot. And when he would, when he would do that, he would inadvertently show us something amazing. <laughs> yeah, and that and that was pretty cool.
3: So this is definitely the best three D film I have seen. Uh, I don't, I don't mean that, I don't mean that as far as yeah. the film itself. I mean as far as the 3D look the best. Um, but, it, there's still the problem with 3D of the glasses.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: And especially if you wear glasses, every time someone in front of me, and it seemed like they were timing it just to annoy me, would open their phone, I'd get a reflection that would shoot between the glasses, into my glasses, and there'd be like a lightning strike across <laughs> wow. the screen. Wow! And it was awful. I had I actually took four ibuprofen before going to this, just because I knew what it was going to do to me. Oh, and it was wow. still so it was horrible. Mm-hmm. And not to mention the constant adjusting of trying to get the focus right between the two glasses.
2: Wow.
3: Yeah. No matter what you do with. Have two having two sets of glasses on your face is just ridiculous. <laughs> and it makes it unpleasant and you're constantly I'm glad the room is it. dark because I look ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs> I mean it's just it's 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 a, it's a annoying experience that even if it was a great movie, which I haven't seen a great movie in three D yet, it would be I mean, it would be distracting. it, it would it would take away from the movie. Okay. So I mean no matter what they do I hope this new 3D thing dies, because until they figure out the glasses problem, it's, it's never going to work for people that have to wear glasses.
2: Yeah. I don't know if I would say I hope that it dies. I think I just hope that it gets better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, uh, what's supposed to happen with these new Sony 3D TVs? I thought they were supposed to be done without needing to use glasses. Mm-hmm. Is that you still have use glasses? You still have use glasses. All right. They well, give you nice ones, like fuzzy things.
0: So it doesn't yeah, so, so it's comfortable. Okay, so maybe it will
2: clip gear. on to your existing yeah. glasses. Yeah, right? That's
0: not a bad idea. Why can't yeah. you have clip on just something? Just that would, yeah. Clip right over your own glasses.
2: Well, you know, I'm the engineer here, yeah. so. Oh, well, <laughs> I'll, make make I'll patent sense. that right
0: now. You yeah. should. My idea. <laughs> wow.
2: <I'm> coming <laughs> after you, James Cameron. Watch out. Clip on 3D. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't have that problem with 3D glasses, so uh, I don't know. I mean, I, this is the only second. This is the second 3D movie I've seen. I haven't seen anything else. This is the
0: same for me. It's yeah. second Avatar so, uh, before this. That's it.
2: Yeah, I went into this expecting to laugh about it again because what we discussed last week about the slow mo and things coming at the screen, but it wasn't really as much of that as I expected it to be. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there are a couple times I snickered. Yeah, <laughs> it wasn't. It was wasn't as obnoxious, obnoxious as I thought. yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah,
1: Yeah. but but I've actually seen paying almost double was
0: obnoxious. Well, yeah,
1: obviously.
3: Mm -hmm. Were you going to say
0: you've almost seen how many?
1: No, I've seen a lot of 3D movies going all the way back to when I was a
0: little kid. Um, I
1: remember, was it Hondo? 3D? Hondo? Yeah. I don't know what
3: that is. Oh, it's a uh, world western.
0: If 3D has been around for a long time and they're saying that it's coming back now. But do you think, because it came back and then it left, what, what, what do we think? Do we think it's going to stay? Do we think, James Cameron asserts that it's going to stay. And I'm going to write a blog post. He's been pretty prophetic when it comes to visual effects in movies. I don't
1: mind, look, I don't mind if, it, if it stays, as long as I still have the option to watch mm-hmm. movies in 2D and not have to pay the yeah. up prices. Mm. Like well, for, I understand, like for a movie like this, okay, I get it. It's it's being marketed as a three D movie,
0: right?
1: And it's not like some it's not like amazing cinema or anything.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So like movies like this, like Piranha three D, which obviously you know is being released just for the three D thing.
3: Right. As long as I can go
1: see like Avatar in two D still, and Avatar is a movie that's not gimmicky about it, mm. I'm not that
0: I'm bothered by it. Yeah yeah the, the biggest thing with me is the surcharge. I really yeah, feel yeah. so annoyed mm-hmm. by the fact that I have to pay basically you know about four dollars more.
1: well, you had a good idea about the
3: glasses yeah, if they give you if if like part of your ticket was a deposit for the glasses, and if you give the glasses back, they give you like three bucks
1: right or something
3: you know but I mean because I want to keep the glasses just because they charge me so much, but I have no use for them so. <laughs> I don't want to just have a pile of glasses. In. I'm going to start, just out of I'm gonna
0: start paying for movies, taking my 3D, and sneaking into the 3D movies. I'm just going to do what I did when I was seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to sneak in. Yeah, I'll be like, I mean, yeah, that's just what I'm <laughs> going to do because I don't want to pay that money. Wow.
3: But and here's the other problem I have with it is that for yeah, you have the 3D, but for me, for most of the movie, once I get used to that, those first few scenes. That mm-hmm. are, I forget that it's in 3D and every once in a while something happens and be like, "Oh wow, that's interesting." Right. But then most of the time I I just forget that I mean, I'm not even paying attention to that anymore.
2: Yeah. I and so is not that kind of a good thing though? That, I it's, think that it's, it's just a, natural. Yeah.
3: But then why can't I just watch it in 2D? I mean, it doesn't add anything. I This movie had a little bit did a little bit more with it, but I went and saw uh, Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs in 3D. Okay. And Five minutes into the movie, I stopped noticing the 3D. Mm-hmm. So why am I paying an
1: extra four or five bucks
3: well, that's and wearing glasses that's kind of a double-edged
1: sword? Because <coughs> it, on the one hand, you're not being taken out of the movie, which is what gimmicks do. Yeah, yeah. gimmicky 3D takes you out of the movie every time you see something fly the camera. You're like, oh yeah, that's right. I'm sitting in a the theater and watching a 3D movie. Snicker, snicker. <coughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about being engaged in the story to the point where you're, you know.
3: But it doesn't, what I'm saying is it doesn't add anything to the movie, so right. all the detriments are there. The glare, the problem with the glasses, all these other things actually end up just detracting from the movie because mm-hmm. it's not adding anything yeah. to the movie. Okay.
0: Yeah, all right. I can see that. And the, yeah. the other thing you have to realize is that is also... Um, that's a computer-generated 3D movie. That's, so
3: yeah.
0: um, it looks very different. Like, when you actually shoot something on location in 3D, the depth of the field is more noticeable, yeah. which computer-generated, yeah. they actually have to fake the depth, because yeah. there isn't, in the end, a computer-generated image is a false 3D, it's still a, yeah. you know, something that is flat, um, so they they would have to physically force all that depth every time, um, but that because the cool, one of the cool things about Resident Evil, those shots where they would go in, into the tunnel in 3D looked really, really cool, yeah. Yeah. and I actually felt, and there were only a few shots, it reminded me, it was like, I wish... I wish they'd like shot like the Descent in three D or something because yeah, and I'm pretty sure he was. Just, like, that would have more terrified. <laughs> because when it would do that, it would re- literally that at that moment I was taken out of the theater and I thought there's just this quick shot like whoa like this reminded me of when I would go caving and you just see all the way down, mm-hmm. but I mean, but that was just a few seconds and I'm, and, but those those looked really cool, um, but this movie is. So we've talked a little bit about 3D, but this movie claims to be a zombie movie. <laughs> um, and there's a lot of debate now, especially since 28 days later, about what a zombie movie is. Yeah. So what's a zombie movie? What does it mean? Does this fit a zombie movie? What do you guys think? What's a zombie movie? Is this a zombie
3: movie? I think this tries to be a zombie movie. The games are not. The first game yeah. was kind of. Yeah. But then they it transitioned into more of a bio-warfare mm-hmm. topic. Um, the games are really not zombie games.
0: They even have moments where the characters say, I, in 4, there's a big moment where he says, that's not a zombie. Yeah. Where they clearly identify that these people that they're fighting are not zombies. Mm-hmm. Push themselves away.
3: Yeah. Um, the, the scene where all the people are crowded, like all these zombies are crowded around the prison, mm-hmm. that's sort of the quintessential zombie shot. You know, people trapped in a small space <coughs> with no hope of escape, just surrounded by a sea of zombies. Yeah. Um, so this, kind of, it, again, it's doing the same thing. It's kind of being a zombie movie, but trying to kind of stay with the game by introducing a character that's not a zombie that comes out of nowhere. Um,
0: yeah. The Did they have the creatures with the with the, the things coming out of their mouths and the other Resident Evils in 2 and 3?
1: You know, I don't remember if they set that up in... Two or three, probably three. Probably three. Yeah, because okay. two was more about Alice's transformation, mm-hmm. and uh, what's his name from the first film. That at the end of the first film, they kidnapped him, yeah. and he showed up during the second film as a mutated.
0: I, I remember him from the first film, yeah, but I can't remember. <laughs> so
1: I mean, so I'm thinking I only saw the third one once. I've seen the first two a few times, but mm-hmm. I think they set up in the third film at some point.
3: Okay. It seems to me. Like,
1: the zombie movies I've seen,
3: um, the good zombie the good zombie movies I've seen, always seem to have some sort of political idea behind them. Um, well, I think the- that started with George Romero. So. Yeah, Don of the- Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dawn of the Dead has the idea of consumerism. Twenty eight Days Later has the idea of of bio warfare and uh, basically animal testing. Um, even Zombieland as the has the uh idea of, of well, a little bit of consumerism and uh sort of in uh FDA issues. So how we what we eat and how it gets produced. So zombie movies do tend to have this. This did not have that at all.
1: Well that yeah, that goes back to I mean Night of the Living Dead is is the watermark in zombie cinema. <laughs> I think it just blew Alvin's yeah.
2: mind. He's not ready to pass out. I'm like <laughs> like what are you doing to zombie movies? I love zombie movies. No, that's what I love and about them. And like though. you're turning it into like a political thing. Yeah. I guess like, no, like, no, we're we're not, that's, 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 we're, the we're not turning it into that. It's yeah. been that
1: since nineteen sixty eight. Yeah. I mean that's that's when that's when the modern classic zombie genre Was born with Night of the Living Dead. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that was George Romero. And it was, it was the first time that, uh, there was any hint of it being connected to, uh, nuclear warfare. Uh, Mm -hmm. it wasn't explained much in the first film. There's, there's, they left a lot of mystery to it. But there was a hint, they, they talked about it being related to nuclear fallout. Mm -hmm. Why the dead weren't staying dead. Mm -hmm. Um, and before before that, it, it, that's not what zombie films were really about. It was, you know, basically just a monster movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but George Romero really cultivated that and most zombie movies since then have gone on that same kind of... Mm-hmm.
0: There has to be a reason to zombify people. Not that a, not are, that a, not yeah. that a great zombie movie... It's normally a political movie, reason.
1: Not that a great zombie movie has to be Anything more than just a scary movie. Like the Dawn of the Dead yeah. remake, I think, is a great zombie movie. This yeah. movie. Yeah. It has no political. I mean, the first Dawn of the Dead did, with the, mm-hmm. with the consumerism. Mm-hmm. This is just a, a good, well made, scary movie, the That's remake. Bizarre. You know
0: Honestly, Shaun of the Dead, Shaun of the Dead doesn't certainly. have anything to doesn't be be doesn't be have political no. in it. It's just kind it's of a.
1: Absolutely. No, there, there's, but there is that social. But satire. It's, it's, yeah, a social social yeah, satire, well, it yeah, but
0: it, it it doesn't have a big political overtone. It, no. it doesn't. It's not trying to make a point. It's just making no, a zombie exactly. movie.
1: So a good zombie movie doesn't yeah, have to it have, doesn't at have, at have no, to. no, no it, doesn't. it doesn't. They generally do. Yeah, yeah. Um, but 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 a lot. I I would actually
3: place that. I, I you know I would actually place that as one of the criteria of a good zombie movie. Now, when I say political, I'm not necessarily. I mean, I I consider the social commentary of Shaun of the Dead something that's political. Um, so, but I do think that is a criteria of a well-made zombie movie.
2: Okay, but it's Uh, not a definition of a zombie movie. It's not the definition. And that's what we're trying to say. We're trying to figure out if Resident Evil is a zombie movie or not. Well,
0: uh, well, the the thing that is in the biggest contention, I think, right now is, in, in my mind, Shaun of the Dead kind of brings this up at the very end, there's a guy over the, a newscaster who says after everything's fixed up, he says very clearly, um, and the recent, um, something, he says, uh, and the rage virus turned out to be total shit, is what he says. <laughs> and it's Simon Pegg's and Edgar Wright's way of saying that they think that 28 weeks later,
1: 28, yeah. Tw- 28 days later,
0: is not a zombie movie. Think that it's dumb that the zombies can suddenly move fast, and they think that that is not what a zombie movie should be. That zombies, but most of the zombie movies you watch now have followed Twenty Eight Days mm-hmm. Later, and zombies cannot move fast, and they are now somewhat smarter. Even the Dawn of Dead yeah, remake. Yeah, even the yeah. Dawn of Dead remake, and they are no longer kind of. Mind- and it's normally now some kind of a virus. It's normally not some kind of mysticism well,
3: the, or the global They pandemic. rarely
0: rise up. It's normally some kind of a virus goes into them. Right. They immediately change.
3: the the glo- the idea of the global pandemic is in the in the social conscious mind right now, and so and and what are monster movies? They're they basically take the fears of society and sort of uh,
1: make them extreme.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I mean, yeah, of course it's going to. Well, bad. that's what I was going to say. Um, going beyond zombie movies, just horror movies in general. Um, <clears throat> if you go back to when horror movies really started coming to their own as really like a serious genre, not just like, you know, the the the, the cheesy Saturday night drive-in mm-hmm. type of stuff, but, and this is probably like Night of the Living Dead again, is, is you know, from there and through the 70s, horror really started becoming the best horror, and even nowadays a lot of the best horror has has political or social uh, undertones
0: Point, it has things. a yeah. driving
1: force behind... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the things that scare us take them to the extreme, like mm-hmm. you said.
0: Yeah. All
2: right. Okay, so how is there not a political thing with the whole umbrella corporation?
0: Oh, there the is. I just things, think this movie screwed it know. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I mean, I think, now, I think so that, so that like, was one
3: of the yeah. things that it took from the game to pay lip service and didn't really understand Didn't realize
0: it. what it should have done. Yeah.
1: I just want to say this, at its most basic level... Um, like twenty-eight days later isn't your classic zombie movie, no. but I think it falls into the zombie genre mm-hmm. because basically, what is a zombie? It's it's a human body that's being driven by something other than human consciousness, mm-hmm. right? Okay. Whether it's a virus so, or whether it's just you know whatever nuclear mutation or whatever, that that's basically what it is. Quarantine? Have you seen Quarantine? No. That's basically a zombie
3: movie, but it's it's a very realistic using the idea of rabies as
1: a driving force. Right. And even taking it in that way, I think Resident Evil Four is barely a zombie movie. hmm and, and like I said, they was just paying lip service to it at that yeah. point.
0: All right. Uh, let's, let's get a time check here. Just I don't think we're, I do not think we're going to have time to do uh, to talk about B movies. So. Oh. Oh, darn. Yeah, we're not going to... You're not going to get to know if we think this is a good, bad movie. I i, I think we can all assure you it's a bad movie, <laughs> but... Yeah. Um, we don't have time to talk about it. This, maybe this makes a good, bad movie. Maybe it's something will show up on the blog. Uh, or you can send an Ask Nate. You can send an Ask Nate. Um, oh, can... I do want to do one shout-out to um, Annie Laurie. Uh, replied to our response last week of The American uh, to talk about a specific director and me and her had an interesting conversation. She mentioned uh, Yumao Zhang as a director who uses The Lingering Shot. He directed Hero, uh, House of the Flying Daggers, uh, and Curse the Golden Flower, and A Simple Noodle Soup Story, um, which is a remake of Blood Simple by the Coen Brothers. And I thought that she was a, she was right on about that, and that's a really good point that we missed that Yir Mao Zhang uses the lingering shot and he's a modern director who uses it very well. Um, that's true. So yeah. that was really interesting. So just a shout out to her. So if you had something to ask Nate, it might get on here and you might get to hear yourself talk to yourself back. So very interesting. Um, and you can
3: also get to get Nate screw up speech. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we're going to move on to our flip
0: chart segment now. Oh, and uh, that's that.
1: chart segment of the podcast. Uh, We have an account on clickchart.com which is a website that basically gives you two movies and you pick which one you like best and it builds your rankings automatically. So we're going to add Resident Evil Afterlife to our rankings and we'll give us three movies to judge it against. First matchup is Resident Evil Afterlife versus Daredevil. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow.
1: (laughs) Huh. Video game movie versus
3: comic book
0: movie. Oh, I was thinking poop versus crap. Like that's, <laughs> well, that's what was going through my okay, mind. Which would I rather step in? Like, bad video game movie <laughs>
3: versus bad comic book
0: movie. <laughs> uh, um, Daredevil i Here, mean here's the thing: there's, the, there, there's some interesting cool like shots. Like on um, the scene on the roof with the rain is really pretty, right. it looks Daredevil, really cool. Yeah. But the uh, Daredevil has one of the lamest fight scenes in movie history. Is
1: that in the playground? Yeah, the
0: playground fight scene, but, like, fighting on a seesaw. And it's, like, supposed to be intense, and I'm, like, you're three inches off the ground. I don't feel bad. Like, if you fall, you're going to sprain your ankle. Ooh. Not even that. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> I can just see them, like, and stop, stum- like, ow! Oh, no! <laughs> well, we're going to shut down production. You <laughs> know, like, I got, it's, oh, this is a good time to use Lane Sauce.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to go Resident Evil Afterlife on this one.
0: I, I think I'm going to go Resident Evil Afterlife on this too. Yeah, Yeah. the only thing
3: I remember about Daredevil are the things that I hated. <laughs> I don't remember anything li- I liked
1: about it. I just think Resident Evil 4 is more visually engaging.
3: Yeah, I mean, there uh, are good
1: like, things about yeah. Re- the Resident Evil. And like you were saying, it, it possibly moved the medium forward mm-hmm. a little bit, whereas Daredevil... Just came and went. And didn't do anything so. we, 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 yeah. Yeah. It spawned Electra.
0: Oh, fantastic! So it made the genre <laughs> <a> worse. Detriment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, it did something. It, it, it somehow spawned a movie that was worse than itself. I don't know how it did that. <laughs>
1: Is there anything else we're dying to say on this matchup here? Uh, no. Got resume a little bit. Uh, um,
0: Dar- Daredevil was a reason why people started making fun of Ben Affleck for a long time. Yeah. Like, so Daredevil right. is one of these movies that he had to overcome. Yeah. You know. And I, th- I think he has. But, yeah. yeah. It's like how people have forgotten Finding somewhat George Clooney yeah. got over Batman and Robin.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah.
0: We still make fun of him for it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I
3: forget that he was in that. Yeah. Like, when I think George Clooney, that doesn't even pop into my mind.
1: That's one of the first things that popped up. Really? It was that in the U.S.? Yeah. All right. So, oh, Resident okay. Evil beats Daredevil, and now it's matched up against Dark City. Dark, Dark City is one of my favorite sci-fi movies of all time. You seen Dark City?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you seen Dark City? Uh, no, I've never seen oh, I saw it in high school. It, it was a while ago, so. It's. I mean, it was
3: the Matrix before the Matrix. Right. Um, it is. Yeah. It's one of my favorite, not only sci-fi movies, uh, film noir. Movies. It's a good
0: mm-hmm.
3: film noir. I mean, it's just inc- incredible.
0: It's very, it's very good. Um, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> what I remember
3: about it is definitely a better movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, by far.
0: There's, I mean, there, there's just there's just more I think thought it's, put into it. It's better produced. It's well acted. It's a
3: top fifty
0: movie for me. Top fifty. Wow. Yeah. Wow. It's maybe top one hundred for me. Maybe like on a day, di- like, if I've just seen it. I would probably be high enough on it. Actually, like, I think I might be ranked in my 30s. No, Oh, goodness. I mean, yeah. oh, it's it's wow. good, but it has some... Pretty soon it's going to be Kung Fu Panda territory. So <laughs> <laughs> no.
2: Nothing. nothing <laughs> it's, it's not, the not that panda. good. <laughs> yeah, <It's> I think <laughs> it is.
3: <laughs> it's been a long <laughs> while since I've seen it. But yeah, I, I remember watching it, and especially that final scene with the city floating...
0: That is That is kind of mind-blowing. It's almost as
3: mind-blowing as when Neo first wakes up and... You have to just fields of people. Hmm. Well, it's definitely a better movie than. It's yeah.
0: yeah, Leaves and Bounds better so. than Resident Evil. Dark City wins, and the
1: final Magic Resident Evil Afterlife is against Panikum. Ah, you seen it? Yeah, I've, I've seen it. You've seen Panikum.
3: I despise Jodie Foster.
1: That's
2: I can't wild. stand her.
1: Every
3: minute she's on screen makes me want to scratch my eyes out. Why? Her. Wow. Just I just don't like her. She's annoying. Just
1: well, she kind of she kind of felt it's like put upon mother thriller. Even in con- the reason Southern I hate Contact is because of her. That's the reason you hate Contact. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> one of the reasons I hated Contact is her. Oh, that was awful. God. like it was
3: awful and. Yeah, I don't. I don't like her awesome.
0: as an actor. <laughs> <laughs> that's the reason, really. Not Matthew comedy? No, not right. the that talk. lame,
1: new yeah. agey, and yeah, well, It's uh, nothing. Dad?
0: But, you know. No, not really.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm a mushroom, but I look like your dad.
3: Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, *Science of the Lambs* great. Other than stories. that, I
1: haven't seen her in anything. Mm.
0: Uh *Taxi Driver*. She's awesome well, in I just,
1: I just thought Panic Room was, was a far less interesting thriller than the previous ones that David Fincher had done. Yeah. I,
0: mean,
1: I, don't, I don't think it moved his career forward. It just kind of... I think part of it was I was expecting that sort of, like, big twist that his last two like movies had done, the game, Seven, Fight Club, but it's, it's, a it's a decently made thriller. It's just, like, I don't think it really did much.
0: But are we gonna put it below Resident Evil uh, I
1: would definitely pick Panic Room over Resident Evil.
3: Yeah, yeah. I mean it's yeah. a better made film, even though it has Julie Blossom. <laughs> wow. No, <laughs> I, no,
2: I
0: liked
2: well, I enjoyed Resident Evil as, as just like a crappy, you know, popcorn movie, so I would pick this over Panic Room, which was really disappointing for me. Yeah, I think I think part of what I have to rate a movie on is if it met my expectations. And I love the panic room and I had high expectations. And it fell far, far below that. <coughs> and I was, uh, was looking well, for a thriller. And I, I was expecting a thriller and I was bored. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah it was not very engaging for me. And, uh, I mean, if I had a choice to watch either of those movies again mm-hmm. right now, I would actually pick Resident Evil, you know, I just saw yesterday. So,
1: well, Sometimes I don't hold my expectations against a movie. Like, especially Panic Room, because it was a little more straightforward a thriller than like I said, his last movies were. Mm-hmm. And I think if I wasn't going in with that expectation, I would have I enjoyed it a little more. Because it's a pretty well-crafted movie.
2: Sure, I mean, it's okay. And, but uh, I, I
3: can see going into a movie expecting something. I mean, your expectations do. I mean, going into Resident Evil, I expected crap, and mm-hmm. that's what I got. Um, or, th- or think about how good so Last
0: Airbender is for you. Yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. At, you know. Last Airbender, I was expecting something at least passable. And yeah. it wasn't even that. So, that you just You pass
0: it to someone.
3: Yeah, and <laughs> I think it, it is fire. capable of being passed. Um, so I... I was a pun. hate that movie because of yeah. my expectations. Yeah. Well, I'm voting Panic Room on this one.
0: I'm going to vote Panic Room as well on this one. Okay. I, I think... Just because I want Unfortunately, Panic I think Panic Room. Panic Room
3: is the better made film. Um... So I would actually have to feel kind of correct.
0: Yeah. Okay.
3: Although I understand your argument.
0: Yeah. No, that's fine. There's just a part of me that doesn't want to watch Resident Evil after life again.
1: Whichever way we go, this movie's got to be ridiculously high in our rankings.
0: Unfortunately. So. So let's, let's not even mention where it is in our rankings. Yeah. Let's well, not even um, talk about because our Add a zero to it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So we're just going to do a couple of... Uh,
0: Beginning? Random matchups.
1: <laughs> Here on the chart. Uh, we're down with Resident Evil. Well,
0: hopefully, for her. <laughs> it's gonna keep
3: coming up,
1: we'll over. It's gonna,
0: it's gonna come up next.
3: Against itself. Oh, by the
0: way, I because I lost your bet, I had to pick. Oh. I had to pick it twice. And it, it, it wasn't that bad. One time, it it beat out Ransom, which I do not think it should have beat out. And then the other movie beat out. It wasn't a big deal. Like it was like a pretty bad. Movie, but <clears> all right, so we we're, uh, we're gonna talk about Monsters
1: Inc. versus Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Ah. Have you all seen Monsters Inc.? I've seen Monsters, Inc. Yeah. I'm not seeing Kiss, Kiss, You need
0: to see Kiss, Kiss, Yes. Fisk. You can talk about Monsters, Inc.
1: Film noir. That's
3: a movie that Kiss, turns that on
0: its head. Yeah. It? Mo- Monsters, Inc., I think, is kind of an underrated Pixar. I think it gets kind of forgotten.
3: I actually think it's on the level of Cars, one of the lower ones of Pixar, um, just because it relies more on the the gimmick um, which, that sounds very negative, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, you know, even with Finding Nemo, the gimmick is a therapeutic But with Monsters, Inc., it relies more on the gimmick
2: than... What's the gimmick?
3: Jerk! they are monsters in the closet. Right? It relies more on that idea than taking that idea and then sort of catapulting you to this emotional place you never expected.
2: I think that's exactly what it did. I think Using yeah. monsters coming out of the closet was the vehicle. That's just, that's, that was just the start of things. Well, and I uh, had this, this amazing story. Don't invalidate my it. feelings. I'm <laughs> um, just saying that your feelings are lame, <laughs> but valid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have to agree with <laughs> yeah, that yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for me, I it's, mean, it's... I, I have to say, when I watched this movie again recently, uh, one of the most heart-wrenching parts of the movie was at the very end when, when he gets to take this girl home back to her place. And, like, she's happy to be in her home. Yeah. And, like, she starts pulling out all these things that oh, she loves. Yeah. Yeah. And she starts bringing it to him. It's like, oh, I love this. Like, I want to share this with you because, you know, you're it's like such a friend. thing that a child
0: does. Yeah. 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 And, like, I, exactly. That's mm-hmm.
2: exactly what I thought. It was very much a thing a child does. And and I was just amazing how well it captured that and, and how much it affected me as a person. Because, I mean, emotionally, like, I did not realize I cared. Mm-hmm. that much until I saw that I mean, I mean that
3: it's still Pixar and it's still miles above
0: yeah.
3: almost any animated film
2: but it's one
3: of
0: the lower ones of Pixar for me and even, even though it's it's very good and you haven't seen Kiss Kiss Bang Bang Either. you need to okay Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is better than Monsters Inc wow. and it's better than most Pixar films I actually think wow. there's only a few movies that would get above Kiss Kiss oh shut <laughs> up Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is, you love Kiss Kiss I bang. do I don't it's think it's better than
3: most Pixar movies. Kiss
0: Kiss Bang Bang brought Robert Downey Jr. back, in my mind. Yeah. It re-reminded us that he's an amazing actor. Re-reminded us. Yeah, re-reminded us. <laughs> re re rem- <laughs> Well, you know, you go on a couple coke binges and go to rehab a few times and stop making movies and you yeah. have to be re-re-reminded. But it's, I mean, we talk about, it's such an amazing, it does meta film, mm-hmm. it's film noir, it's kind of a buddy cop, it does great action. Yeah.
1: It's a, it, it, it's a movie that works on every level, that seems like it has so many different elements going into it that it seems like it should just be a mess. Of a movie. It's not. It, like you're saying, the film noir, the mystery novels, the buddy cop movies, and that kind of thing. It's,
0: it's and just straight comedy. Yeah. Hollywood satire. Hollywood satire. It's mm-hmm. wild how well it works and how funny it is. This is one of those movies. It's rare for mm. me to watch a comedy alone, like by myself, that I'll laugh. Mm. Like honestly, because I don't know why. Maybe that's just my personality. No, it has no sense of humor. <laughs> I feel weird, like laughing alone, because I feel like <laughs> laughter is like a social thing that you do to like bond to other people. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's nobody to bond <laughs> to. And so until my bird learns to laugh, wow. <laughs> I just sit there in wow. comedies like alone and like sad. Like, do you mm. ever read
2: comics by yourself? Like, and sometimes jokes? I giggle.
0: But, yeah. like, this, this movie made me, like, laugh out loud at some mm. of, and every time, the other thing, there's so much packed into this movie. Every time I watch it, I catch something new. Yeah. It's just awesome. And, and I love and it. And all the yeah. while,
1: it's, it's a very self-aware movie, and it's mm-hmm. commenting on itself throughout the entire movie without taking you so out of the movie that you're not still engaged in the actual yeah. plot that's going yeah. on. The
3: mm-hmm. only movie that does meta film better than this is adaptation. adaptation yeah. That's it. Arguably. There's nothing else. <laughs> no, it's a fact. Scientifically <laughs> proven
0: no. I don't know.
3: People in white coats tested it. Okay.
0: I love the fact that this can do meta film in something that is not purely a meta film. And I think in some ways you that might make it a better me- meta film. This is still a film. This is a regular film with meta film a- elements. Adaption is only a meta film. No it's not. And all it's it called is adaptation. is a <laughs> That's it.
1: No it's not. It's, it's, it is nothing. It's more. like, it's like a zombie movie. <laughs> yeah. You can appreciate just on the visceral, horrible yeah. level of zombies. Definitely. You can, yeah. Yeah. Kiss. Yeah. Appreciated thoughts. Uh, so. political.
0: Kiss, Kiss, Bang, Bang in the top 30. And this is one of the, me. this is one of the <laughs> few movies that made me enjoy
1: Val Kilmer. Velcro was, was good.
3: This this yeah. is
0: one of his best movies. He isn't yeah, much but sure.
1: we should probably pick one of these movies.
3: Kiss, so, kiss, bang, bang. Yeah, yeah. It, if this was one of the other Pixar movies, such as mm-hmm. Finding Nemo or Wally, but yeah. yeah, over Monsters Inc. Kiss, kiss, bang,
1: bang. Mm-hmm. I do love Monsters Inc., but uh, Kiss, kiss, bang, bang is just such an amazing movie to me. Yeah. yeah, I have to choose it. Yeah. So we'll be sorry. I'll go. Oh. Right. After you
0: watch Kiss, kiss, bang, bang, you will understand. Yeah, so how everyone's you everyone it. here? Uh, we got time for one more, about like three
1: minutes or so. Uh, Lethal Weapon" versus "A Knight's Tale." Ah, Have you all seen "Metha cool. Weapon"? Yeah.
0: Uh, Shane Black wrote wow. "Kiss Kiss Bang Bang." True.
1: True. Wow.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Have you all seen "A Knight's Tale"? Yes. yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: It seems like you're having a hard time. I'm having a
2: hard time because I barely remember them because they're both old and probably crappy. Well, the first one? They're, they're not. One. Neither one
3: of these are as memorable as.
0: To me. Lethal Weapon would win for me, because it was made, you know, in eighty-seven, and it's still being watched. Like it's still, it's, it has lasting power. And people still yeah. want to watch it, and people still want to tell it, show it to their friends. And it's got yeah. this kind of classic sense to it, mm-hmm. and it is fun, and it still holds up.
1: That's one of the criteria yeah. I judge movies by: is the the enduring, yeah, enduring sure. quality. Yeah. And yeah. has
0: a Knight's a- nice Tale was fun for the moment. Yeah, but you know it has. You're kind of right. It's kind of fallen by. It. The only thing that might make it honestly still be watched but because it's a Heath Ledger film. Yeah, it's one of the few on his docket.
3: So yeah, I, I've never really liked the lethal Weapon series because I don't like Mel Gibson's character. Um, it, I, I don't know. I never found his character believable. Um, it always felt like, whenever I was watching, it, it always felt like an actor playing a crazy character. He was uh, just playing himself.
0: Yeah, it probably was. <laughs> he was supposed to be the straight-laced film yeah. noir detective. They had like a fedora, and he kept taking it off and throwing it yeah. down.
3: No! <laughs> Knocking his shoulder out of place. Um, stop doing it. No, but I've never so I've never really liked the Lethal Weapon series. Um, so I'd actually have to go with The Night's Tale, and it's because I enjoyed it more. It's I, not a great movie, but I enjoyed it
1: more than Lethal Weapon. I have major criticisms of Lethal Weapon. But I think I love the series as a whole, all four movies. Uh, the way each one builds on the last, and by the fourth one, there's so much history to these characters. Mm-hmm. And one of the rare things about it is that every character in the franchise is consistent throughout the entire all four movies, played by the same actor. Um, yep. Every movie, in every movie. Every movie seems to incorporate each character's history from the previous movies, and I really appreciate that. I don't think any other series, uh, action series, has done that nearly as well. Um, to
0: the point in it.
1: A Knight's Tale was a really clever movie, though.
0: hmm yeah. I'm voting And it has,
3: has a great portrayal of Chaucer. Yeah. Which is... Paul Bettany.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. not... I don't
3: know of any other movie that even tries to portray Chaucer, <laughs> <laughs> and they do it well.
0: Paul Bettany is the best part about
3: that movie. Yeah, she's not something you can say very often. That really, yeah. that Paul
0: is the best part. No,
3: Master Commander. I like him.
0: Uh, he's. I like him as an he's, actor. He's not the best part of
3: Master of Commander he's Commander. Not, no, But he's not. He's usually really good at supporting somebody else. Whereas he's rarely the centerpiece of the movie.
0: You seen Gangster Number 1. No. have heard of that. Paul McGuigan's first film. Him. He plays a gangster. <laughs> it, I, he, it, it was, he's his, the number it was, 1 gangster? It, it, it was his first film. It's very dark. It's very different for him. Mm-hmm. Um, it also has Malcolm McD- McDowell from uh, Clockwork Orange fame. Yeah. Um, and he kind of plays. Well, <laughs> but, but he plays a very, very dark, very disturbed gangster. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting movie. Not the best film, but it shows Palma talent talent.
1: I'm gonna go Leap, Leap Weapon over A Knight's Tale, just for... Leap Weapon has that you know, durability and nostalgia uh, mm-hmm. that Night's Tale doesn't have for so. me.
0: Mm-hmm. Alvin?
2: Yeah, this is a tough one. I mean, I don't think I really enjoy Leap Weapon too much. Kind of, where you're at. Um, Tale mm-hmm. nice yeah. was interesting, it was fun. I mean, I like Leap Weapon. Like if I had to pick one right now to watch, I would definitely pick Night's Tale. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also see people of as being kind of like in that classic role, where you know, I mean, the Spawn series and, yeah. um, and and it ended well. I feel like I think the end end was definitely better than the beginning.
0: Ross, Jeff Lee.
2: Yeah, that was yeah. not uh, a high point. <laughs> 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 oh wow, you just brought that down for me.
0: <laughs> wow. <laughs> But this isn't Lethal Weapon 4. <laughs> yeah, which was
2: better than this, which... Wow, how can I vote for that now? <laughs> Crap, you just screwed up my vote. <laughs> which means it's going to be flat and even. It will have to go to that. I think, yeah, I'm going to vote for A Knight's nice Tale now. Thank
1: you. Wait, who did you vote it. for?
0: I voted for Lethal
1: Weapon. Why?
0: Uh, because I think that it has more lasting power. I think that... I, a Knight's Tale has never really stayed with me. I don't it. Know, I, I, I was, remember much about that film, except that Heath Ledger had, like, a lance. <laughs> and Paul Bettany was Chaucer and was starring poetry and doing speeches and it was cool. See, my but my
3: main problem with Lethal Weapon is Mel Gibson. And that I <laughs> never really felt like he fit that character. Even though yeah. that probably is him in real life. Yeah, uh, in- as yeah. a character, it, it always felt he always felt and I I like him as an actor.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: Um but in that role I just he didn't
0: I love I love his unhit the the thing with him, Murdoch, right? his name? It's Riggs Murtaugh. and somebody. Murtaugh. Riggs? Murtaugh. Yeah, which which one is he? Is he Riggs or Murtaugh?
1: Martin, Martin Riggs is Melvin's character.
0: Martin Riggs, alright, yeah. so he's Riggs. Yeah, Riggs is, um, the fact that he's unhinged, I love that. And I love the idea that at any time, he is kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. He could just at any time just decide to, like, st- the first time I saw the scene where he goes and talks the guy down from the roof mm-hmm. was awesome for me. Because I honestly thought, holy crap, like, because he was suicidal. He's going to jump off this roof. Mm-hmm. Like, and I I know it's kind of cheesy that they have the... He, then, he realized pretty quickly, oh, well, they have that. But in the moments when Mel Gibson has the guy, he just talked him down a little bit. And the guy's kind of decided, all right, I'm getting off the roof. And then Mel Gibson's like, no, we're jumping. I'm like, wait, wait, what's going on? Like, it starts to, like... <laughs> I, and the only reason he does that is kind of for fun. Like... So I love that aspect of an unhinged character. And I think through most of the movies, he becomes a little bit more controlled towards the end. But especially in this one, in the first one, you really don't know if he's just going to snap. The scene where they, he, he holds the Murtaugh is trying to help him kill himself, I think is really good. And he, like He's going to put the gun in his head and he says, oh no, you might miss it. Make sure it's under your jaw. Yeah. And yeah, that's a really, that's a well, great scene. Well, that
1: scene is Murtaugh calling his bluff yeah. about being crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. And then he kind of realizes... And he
1: actually pulls the trigger.
0: Yeah, oh crap, he's going to do this, yeah.
1: Murtagh just catches the hammer in time, but it's a, yeah.
0: He, was, a he would have killed himself, yeah. Well.
1: Yeah.
0: And there's some good stuff in that movie, yeah, that I really, really like. Uh, I have
1: major yeah. criticism about both these movies, but mm-hmm. I don't like them now, but I'm mm-hmm. definitely going to vote for up and so...
0: Can we convince? I'm probably not going to change those. You bought
1: you two shows Night's Tale? Mm-hmm. Any-
0: Sure lethal weapon? Coin flip. <laughs> this is how it works. Yeah. When we get tied, we've all seen it. Wow. We have to do a coin flip because we can't convince each other. Yeah, I just,
3: I can't. I just keep coming back to the yeah. idea. I'm no. sorry. No, yeah, this okay. character just I, yeah. feels like an actor trying to portray a crazy person. Yeah.
0: Heads, lethal weapon, tails, knight's tail. Are you <laughs> flipping a nickel? Yep, I don't have a cord. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you haven't started making money yet.
0: Knight's tail. Oh, well, knight's tail. Right? Okay. You know it is. That's the way we do it here. <laughs> All right, that's, uh, that's
1: going to be the end of our flip chart segment. Um, check us out at Flipchart. Oh. Our profile name is Incidental If you have a Flipchart account, you can friend us. Uh, and that's it.
2: Okay, uh, looking forward to next week, we are going to be watching uh, The Town, uh, which is directed by Ben Affleck, and a couple other people are in it, Uh, (laughs) some girl, I don't know, oh, Rebecca Hall, who was in The Prestige, and uh, John Hamm, Jeremy Renner. Like Lively, who is like a 13 year old stripper <laughs> or something like that. I, I don't know anymore. What's going on? You not listen to us when we tell you things. Apparently, um, like uh, <laughs> apparently I'm told it's a great cast and, uh, it should be very interesting. Uh, I have my own personal views on it already because I remember seeing a preview on it and, uh, I'll, I'll describe my thoughts on it in a moment. But what do you think, Nate? What do you look um, forward to about this movie?
0: I'm excited for this movie, uh, mainly because of Ben Affleck's previous movie that he directed, uh, Gone Baby Gone, which is amazing, and blew me away, mm-hmm. and really showed that he might... I'll just say, he, he's a better director than he is an actor, at least yeah. as far as that movie goes.
1: Well, yeah, that's the only movie we're going
3: yeah, on. Yeah,
0: that's the only movie we're going on, but if you go in that movie alone, he is a better director than an actor. Um, and I, I think he's a decent actor. I think in some of the state of play... Really showed that he can, uh, he can still act, and he's really got some depth to him. And if even
3: extract, he played a goofy character. He did it really well. Hollywoodland, well, Hollywoodland. Is, is Holly, yeah.
0: Hollywood yeah, I mean, he def, he has a lot. Even Good Goodwill Hunting, to go back to that, um, you know, we talked about how Daredevil kind of hurt he wrote, him.
3: He co-wrote the script. Yeah, him. he co-wrote.
0: Well, yeah. he, he won an so Oscar for he, yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, he knew.
3: I mean, he mm-hmm. knows.
0: Yeah, he's very good, but. The rest of the cast that you mentioned is also what makes me really excited for this. Um, Rebecca Hall from The Prestige. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen her in, I don't think, anything since The Prestige. So I'm excited to see uh, John Hamm from Mad Men.
3: I've just started watching Mad Men. Yeah. He is he is an incredible actor. Yeah. I'm really excited to see him in something other than that role.
0: I'm excited to see Jeremy Renner yeah. taking on a good role again hopefully this is a good movie Has because taken I'm not bad I'm afraid that <laughs> after he got he got nominated for an Oscar with like um, The Hurt Locker what sometimes happens is people get exposure and then they just take like crappy roles or they just take money they get the check and so I'm excited to see him get more exposure cuz he's really good in The Hurt Locker
3: yeah. he's even yeah. really good in 28 weeks later 28 20 weeks. weeks
1: later yeah he was
3: he's good there. he's really good he's a yeah. great. I mean
1: I don't think I've ever seen
3: him think, anything I anything
1: that seemed like just a paycheck I think 28 weeks later was when I th- started like like paying attention medication. to him yeah. as an actor right because before that it seemed like he I knew him mostly from SWAT which SWAT. is he's pretty good I mean I like SWAT he's pretty good in it but he's basically your stock mm-hmm. villain mm-hmm. yes yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> this is the trailer gets me excited too it just looks cool. It's very. It seems like right up in Apple's alley. Like, mm-hmm. it's Boston. Yeah. It's Boston crime movie. Boston. It looks like it's got Boston. good action. Um, and I, don't, I don't know. I'm just excited for this. I'm just really pumped.
3: Yeah, what do you yeah see? I'm, I'm really excited because I loved and was very very surprised by Gone Baby Gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I was deeply emotionally affected by that movie. Yeah. Uh, which I wasn't expecting going into it. Um, I'm excited to see Ben Affleck direct himself um, and see how he handles that because that's always an interesting situation. Um, it's a you know it's it's a subject that he knows and a subject that I actually enjoy. So robbing banks, robbing banks. banks, yeah. Uh, the bank. Wow.
0: Why uh, do you think that the subject that he knows? Yeah,
3: what is that? No, mean? Boston.
0: Oh, oh! Boston. <laughs> really? Um, is so he is movie. also a bank robber
1: on the side. I don't know if you knew that. Right?
0: <laughs> I was um, not aware yes,
3: of that. Yes, <laughs>
1: well, you know his career kind of tanked, and yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How do you think he funded this movie? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's just a documentary. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no,
3: it, it, he's returning to his, to the maybe the the uh, landscape he knows. Mm-hmm. We'll see that. Um, very well, and I, I'm just I'm I'm really looking forward to this. I didn't even know about it until a few months ago.
0: Yeah, me neither. And I was not expecting this.
3: I, I, we saw the a yeah. uh, preview in the theater, and it looked awesome. Yeah, I like everybody in this. Jeremy Renner, I'm a big fan. John Hamm, uh, Rebecca Hall, everybody.
0: And you could, so, keep looking down. Chris
3: right Cooper's in. Chris, Chris Cooper's Cooper, in. yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, there's it's an amazing cast. Everything about this is great movie
1: well the, the the fact that Ben Affleck is starring in it is my biggest concern
3: yeah
1: mm-hmm. um and then Gone to Be Gone was that was actually my pick for the best movie of 2007 yeah. of all yeah. movies I saw the year that was the one that mm-hmm. um Casey Affleck is so Casey good Casey Affleck yeah so good and I think Ben Affleck is, is just an awful actor across the board because I think he has good roles. Yeah. yeah. But him putting himself in the star role of the movie that he's directing seems like it might be a bit much. So that's my biggest concern.
3: Kenneth Brown did with Hamlet, and it worked out
1: great. So, I mean... Yeah, not, not, bec- not just because of the actor-director thing, but because it's Ben Affleck. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's an ego
3: thing? Well,
0: and also putting yourself in the lead role... Yeah, you know George. When George Clooney directed, like, "Good night, good luck," he put himself yeah. in a supporting role. Yeah, where, you know, which is smart. Yeah. And I think shows some really, proud ass. And he makes he wants to concentrate on directing. So it's yeah. dangerous when you put yourself in the lead role. And yeah. 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 yeah, yeah.
1: But because *Gone Beyond* was such an amazing movie, I, I I have my hope that this, you know, could be one of the best of the year hopefully that's, that's my expectation is that it's going to be
0: yeah I have high high expectations wow okay right. yeah I saw the
2: trailer and I thought it looked really stupid I'm sorry <laughs> I mean, like I mean, we were talking about a bank robber who like uh, who kidnaps some girl and falls in love with her and I'm like wow this that's really dumb and then just watching him act in the trailer itself like that did not get me surprised I like it didn't get me excited like it started off, like the trailer started off looking really good. Like it was, I, I can't even describe it to you now, but uh, it started off looking good. And then as like it showed more and more of the movie, like the less and less interested I was in. Yeah, this is a screenwriter I was, on this. I was trying to make fun of you. Yeah. Yeah, some other people? Yeah, some other guys. Oh. Like did you guess. like uh, Goodwill Hunting? I, I did like Goodwill Hunting. Um, but uh, this, looked, this looked a little sick. Yeah, but I didn't like Ben Affleck in Goodwill Hunting. Oh, really? Well, he didn't do much in. That in that movie, he was just a supporting friend in a very small role.
0: I love you know. I like the scene where he calls Matt Damon out. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're yeah. sitting at
0: the car and he says, No. You know, like Matt. Yeah. He says, yeah. You need to be doing something. Like, yeah. I want to come to your house one day and have you not be there. It's ridiculous. That is, that is a, a great scene. Though. No, that was a good scene. Yeah. yeah. Sure. I think but, he's I mean,
2: awesome. You right Anyways, I, I, I think he's better as a supporting actor. I look at this and, and I see shades of Pearl Harbor, you
3: know. Oh, yeah. I forgot he was. Yeah. <laughs> you know,
2: so just silly. like you know, I I I think there's like part of the trailer. He's saying like, I think I'm the local there, you know. And I'm like, oh no, like <laughs> what is this turning into? Like I <laughs> thought it was a good movie to begin with, and then this. So see,
0: it's, it's interesting because we're going off so much of like high off of the fact that Gone Baby Gone. Sure. So it's, yeah. it's interesting to see how our expectations are, are shaped. Changed, are shaped. Yeah. I think it's really fascinating that because yeah. you haven't seen that. Because that's the main reason we're excited for this, I think, is Gone yeah. Oh, Gone. Yeah, oh yeah, definitely. If it, for it sure. wasn't for that,
3: I probably wouldn't be that excited. Yeah, yes. I probably would not be that excited. That and the supporting cast. And the supporting Perfect. cast yeah. is yeah.
0: really, really... The supporting cast gives me a lot of hope because because of how many of them there are and actually how much John Hamm was featured in the trailer. Yeah. That I feel like Ben Affleck might not be the up. Well he he might not he is the, the lead actor but he might not have full control of the screen all the time. I,
3: I think it's more yeah. of a ensemble. the feeling I got, yeah, it's more of an ensemble. He may be billed as the lead actor, but I have a feeling the other people will get as much screen yeah. time. Clooney is
0: in Oceans Eleven and he, he's he, the lead he, actor he, he's the lead actor but everybody else gets a yeah. lot of screen time. Yeah. And he's important. not
3: like yeah. the one on screen
1: all the time. He's not the protagonist. Yeah. Unlike the
0: American
1: I have to say, I tend to like movies that are set in Boston, too. Mm-hmm. I just find it to be a fascinating city. Yeah.
2: So. Yeah. It's a you should city just go live there. Except for the film and Go by yourself. Yeah.
3: There. there. Which is is awful. awful. But, you know, whatever. Oh, yes. shut up.
0: <laughs> you guys beat them in the NBA Finals. I know. You got to knock them down? Yeah,
3: kick them while they're down. That's yeah. the way it goes. No, no it's <laughs> one of those cities. There's so much history to it.
0: Yeah. Unlike L.A. L.A. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Oh, no, I mean, no. You know what? If it wasn't
3: for LA, you wouldn't
1: have your Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. So, no,
3: whatever.
0: Right. You right also just, have either.
2: LA and Resident Evil, so there. You I feel go. Like, but I feel like Boston's coming, coming into
1: its own as as a city, as a city where good movies are set, and that might even go back yeah. to that yeah. thing and Ben Affleck setting Giggle Hunting in Boston. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Mystic kind of River. Well.
1: No. But you see, that's well, that's yeah, yeah, Dennis Lehane. Yeah, well, that was Gone Be Gone. Gone
0: Be Gone, Mystic River, Shutter Island.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but so many American movies are set in New York or L.A.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: and Boston has so much character to it that it, it, it history that I just—it's you know, it's kind it's, of. I see into a movie set own. in Boston, and I get excited just for that reason. It's, yeah. uh, it's kind of weird.
3: No, I—it's I, coming into its own as a setting for a movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, genre. Yeah. Yeah. A of departed.
1: Departed. Oh,
2: the departed. The yeah. departed. I love <laughs> the departed. Okay. So, we have three excited and one not excited at all. So, uh, we'll come back the next week, and I'll <laughs> let you know what we all think. Uh,
3: you can check us out on the web at www.incidentaldog.com. Um, you can also check us out on Twitter, Facebook, FlickChart, uh, flick all the various incarnations of social media. Um, and next week, we'll be back to talk about this movie. You yeah, can email us at...
0: email us at incidentaldog at gmail. And yep. I will, if you have questions, I'll answer them. Nate
3: right will answer no matter what.
0: Type it away.
3: No matter how many questions you ask, mm-hmm. he will answer. Personal
1: questions, maybe. Personal <laughs> questions. <laughs> yeah, Question ask him what. Alvin's private life. Yeah. <laughs> <Wow>. Definitely. the <laughs> oh, way don't
2: touch me there again. <laughs> <laughs>
3: That's a good place. That's a
1: good place. I like Burbank. <laughs>